Hello, and welcome to the Hamumu Halloween Home Horror Hoedown. I am your host, Mike Hommel. And I'm your other host, Soli Hommel. And we're going to take you through 31 scary movies through the month of October, like we do every year. But for the first time this year, we're going to do it entirely in audio format. We like to mix it up every year. One thing you need to be aware of is that we will be employing a truly ghoulish number of spoilers throughout all of these reviews. So if you haven't seen the movie we're reviewing, maybe don't listen to our podcast until you do. We highly recommend you check them out and watch along with us. It's going to be fun for everybody. I mean, how could it not be? So if you're ready and you've watched the movie, please step inside our lair and let's begin. The Boy is a 2016 movie that we watched on Netflix. It's rated PG-13, has a 97-minute running time, and a 6.0 on IMDb, along with a, ooh, a 28 by Rotten Tomato critics and a 38 by Rotten Tomato audiences. So uh, IMDb thinks it's much better than Rotten Tomatoes does. Yeah, it's interesting. There's That's... also Metacritic gave it a 42, so they're mm. lower also. Yeah, that's that's interesting to me. So the boy is the story of a woman from America who goes to England to be the nanny to a little boy. Mm-hmm. She gets to the house, meets an elderly couple who have a doll that they treat like their son. Yeah. Yeah. And then they go on vacation and the nanny is left babysitting, air quotes there, this doll. Pretty much sums it up, right? Yeah, that about does it. Okay, so um, what caused you to pick this movie? Well, step one was that I was forced to make a pick because Soli was too lazy to pick tonight. Picking is hard. I love picking, so I know. that's just fine. Uh-huh. So what I did was I checked out Netflix because we have not... Ch- this is our first Netflix movie for the month. Huh. So I went on there, and actually there's a lot of really good stuff on Netflix. I saw this, and I was like... That's the movie about the doll that Soli always freaks out about, that she doesn't want to see the movie with the scary doll. Uh, you wanted me to go see it in the theaters. Yes, I did. And I refused. It's a very sad life I lead. Yeah. So you managed to make me watch it anyway. Aren't you glad I did? I kind of am. Yay! <laughs> um, okay, so let's start with First Shot, First Line. Okay, how does it begin? The first shot is a close-up of a toy shelf. And there's like some... Some of the toys are kind of hard to discern, but there's very clearly like a creepy clown doll thing. It's a while later that we get our first line. Not like six minutes later, (laughs) like some of these movies have been, but a little bit later. The nanny is taking a taxi ride. And when she arrives, she falls asleep. She arrives at the house and she's woken up by the taxi driver saying, apologies, miss, after he like taps on the window. So that's the first line. I would like to point out that the first instance (laughs) of misogyny in this movie happened before anybody even said anything. And it becomes a major element and theme to the entire movie, really. Yes. You don't really find that out until later. Well, it's a pretty part close to the end. Way. But yeah, yeah, towards the end, it's a big deal. Yeah, it really is. But yeah, we, we get our first taste of misogyny as um, she's napping in the back seat and the taxi driver is like using the rear view mirror to like check out her cleavage. 
Yeah. Okay, that was a super exciting first line. So uh, did you have a favorite line? Uh Uh-huh. All right, we're going straight to favorite line. I had a couple. I really think my favorite, usually my favorite line comes pretty early in the movie. This one, very early. She meets the uh, grocery guy before she meets anybody else. Like, she's in this house. Yeah. They're not there, but she was told to go in and wait. Grocery guy comes. Uh, he says to her uh, that he's a bit of a clairvoyant. And then he says, yeah. I'm going to read your gum. I'm a professional. Trust me. Yeah, that's... Uh... And then she gives him her gum. Yep, that's a very personal... That whole flirting was... It was too much. I didn't like what he was doing there. Really? Yeah, it was too in your face. So I see your point. It's interesting that you would notice that. And I just, like, when I think about it now, it was too in your face. And what's interesting is I didn't notice it because that's how most confident guys flirt. Well, I don't know anything (laughs) about that. Never encountered confidence in my life, but... Just the idea that he wanted the gum out of her mouth in his hand is kind of disturbing. It is disturbing. It's weird. Um, It's very personal. It does kind of set up like that she's used to just doing what what somebody asks her to do in a relationship. And and it makes sense because later we learn that she has been in an abusive relationship with a man who, um, you know, it becomes very clear that she has been told what to do for a long time and that she has learned how to survive in that by doing what she's told. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it was a little foreshadowing, I guess, that I didn't Mm -hmm. notice when we were doing, you know, when we were watching it. I did notice that she was able to put all the groceries away in a house that she'd been in for three minutes. He did, he directed her some on that. Some. He was like, oh, it's behind you. Do that. She was weirdly comfortable doing that. Yeah, I was uncomfortable with the idea of messing with it. I would have just stood back and let him do his job, so. Sure. In Whatever. fact, if I went for a job interview and was told, wait in the parlor until they get back, that's where I would have stayed. I would wow. not have gone wandering all over this giant haunted looking house. I would too, except that I wouldn't know which room is the parlor, so I would have had a problem. <laughs> they get there, she meets Brahms. Brahms who the is doll. the son. Oh, the son. Sorry. Spoilers. Yeah, so it's the son and this couple... Treats him like a child. And this was a thing. She shows up to be introduced to Brahms, who's sitting in a chair. And, like, the parents are kind of in the way. So at first she doesn't see. And then they step back and she sees, oh, it's a doll. And she laughs. And they act like that's so weird. And that threw me off right there. I was like, wait, they didn't expect a new person to have an odd reaction to the fact that their son is a doll. So, like... Are they completely insane or what? And over time, we find out they're not. They know it's a doll. They treat it as a child, but they do understand that it's actually a doll. So, Okay, serious spoilers here. Not only do they understand that it's actually a doll, (laughs) they know where their actual son is. Do they? Yes. Are you sure? I am 100% sure. Okay, so I have an interesting note about that. My note is actually a question, and I think you've answered it. I said, did the mom know that he's in the walls? Because I get the sensation that the dad was well aware and was torn up about it. And that maybe the mom actually believed in the doll. Maybe. In that case, the mom was a fruitcake. Like, she She was was a nut job. Because 
she was super attached to that doll in a way that I, when I realized the guy was actually alive, I was like, oh, so she can't actually hug her real son, so she, like, yeah, hugs. Except she totally could. She so could I'm have. Confused. Okay, so now there's two things that I'm thinking of. They're like, oh, yeah, she didn't actually know. And she was really transferring all of her affection onto this doll, who she believed was possessed by her son's spirit. Yeah. Because things were happening, you know, like the doll, the bedroom would get torn up and this and that. So first of all, she would have just hugged him. Like, she wouldn't have been able to not interact with him as a real person. Yeah, that's weird. Second of all, that basement that that kid was living in was a train wreck. Like, it was a slum down there. They have this mansion that they live in, and she would just let her son live in refuse and nastiness? Yeah. No. I feel like that is kind of where the story falls apart. It's... And... uh, we warned you there were spoilers. We're talking about the big twist of the movie right now. Like, oh, yeah. we've revealed. You don't learn the that movie. until like <laughs> 20 minutes before the end of the movie? Maybe 15? Less, yeah. yeah. Super close to Yeah. That. So, yeah. I hope you watch the movie. But <laughs> I think it's broken in that way. Like, it doesn't really make sense that he lives down there. Like, there's no real plausible storyline that gets us to where we are, I think. And you don't think so? Like, no, like, first of all, why does he live in the walls? Why isn't he just, what, is he hiding from prosecution for Emily's death? Yes. That's pretty weak. He's a, he, he was eight. He was clearly a scary kid. Yeah, he was he eight. Was. He killed he his little friend. Scary. And his dad, knowing full well that this was not going to go away, was hmm. like, yeah, you're going to go live in the basement. You can come up in the walls and watch us, but you need to not be out in public. See, and that tells you that his parents were crazy. But I'm I'm on board now with your theory that the mom didn't know. Like, she thinks he died in the fire. Okay. I, I do believe that. And then that kind of explains why the basement is... I mean, it looked like a really terrible bachelor pad. Dad clearly doesn't know how to decorate or care about decorating. Yeah, that could be. But it did explain so many things that were going on around the story of the doll. That's what I liked. That was, like, at first it was just like, okay, these people are kooks and, like, have all these weird rituals around this doll and I don't get it. I don't understand why. And then once we realize that the kid is actually there, and I keep saying kid, but he's got to be at least 28 years old now. (laughs) Well, he's a monster. He's like the Hulk. Yeah, well, you know, he reminds me of, like, Lenny from Of Mice and Men. Yeah, like, definitely. Like, large and dangerous, but I don't think he really... I don't think he's really under con- in control of his dangerousness. Like, I think he's yeah, got... Yeah, he's pretty simple. I mean, if he was killing people when he was eight, like, there's some mental stuff going on there that's unhealthy. Yeah. But also, he just was... He was raised in complete isolation, so... But yeah, so what what was the thing that most that you most were like, oh, when we found out he was real? Well, the the note I made is the same thing you said shortly after, which is that oh, that explains why he likes his music loud, so he can hear it through the walls. Yes. He also he, she had to read things in a loud, clear voice. Uh huh. And there were um, there were parts where the doll was listening to them in the kitchen while yep. he was up in his room and they like showed a thing on the wall that was supposed to be like like a sound conduit that he could hear through right but clearly he was actually right near the kitchen listening to them the real him 
Or he was near his doll and he was hearing it through the sound conduit. But he was actually hearing it. One of the things that I noticed was, like, there were a couple times where we had what I was calling Brahms cam. You know, like, like, oh, the doll is watching her. And I was like, that's a little weird. (laughs) But it wasn't the doll at all. It was the actual Brahms. Yeah. And I I liked it because one of my notes actually is when she was trying to demonstrate to Malcolm that the doll was magic and they leave the room and the doll moves and they come back in and he's like, well, guess it's magic. I made a note there of like, really? He's not even going to go with somebody else is in the house and move this? Someone's working with you? Like, there are steps before you get to magic right. doll. And nope, nope. Everyone it, got to... The only guy who <laughs> didn't get to magic doll right away was Cole. And Yeah, he was the smartest guy in the movie. That's unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, for sure. There, there was not a lot of scientific rigor in their studies, despite the fact that she said she was being extremely scientific about it. <laughs> well, she was measuring and drawing chalk lines. Yeah. So the one that stood out to me was they... Like, she had to make the doll food. Yeah. And then she had to put that food in the freezer. Like, that was one right. of the rules. I was like, why? Why are we doing this? And even Malcolm, you know, because then Malcolm comes and takes the food out of the freezer and throws it all away. I'm like, what is this about? But Malcolm says at one point, sometimes uh, Mr. What's-His-Face eats some of it. I See, I put that note along with, did the mom know? Because he said, Mr. eats, eats Eats them sometimes. So it's like... Right. He was involved in taking them out of there. Right. But he wasn't. No. It was, he was giving it to the, to his son. The big problem I had with that is that his son is a giant. And so he doesn't just eat a little, some of the meal, some of the time. He would need more food than these old people need in the first place. And that they would think to feed to a child. Yeah. And I, it made me think like, is he eating rats behind the walls? What's going on? It's a little disturbing. I never did quite understand what the focus on the rat traps was. I don't know. Maybe that was so he could be eating rats. I don't know. That's gross. Yeah, it's gross. I do think it was weird that he was so strong. Like, if you grow (laughs) up trapped in a basement and in the walls of a house and you never get to go outside and you eat scraps, (laughs) like, you're not going to have super strength, which is kind of what he appeared to have. Yeah, he could fling people across the room. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's like, you know, he's like a guy in prison. Every day he goes in, he does bench presses 400 pounds, and he's building himself up. It's possible. He also seemed a little tan for someone who... uh, (laughs) Well, he was burned. ...had been living in the walls. (laughs) Yeah. I will say that his doll mask that he wore to hide his burned face, obviously, was pretty creepy. Like, the doll itself was creepy, but then to see him walking around with the mask on and with, like, his little scruffy beard sticking out of the bottom and everything. Creepy. I liked um, when he first busts out of the wall and, like does like a ring move where he's Ooh, like yeah, creeping the on the wall uh-huh. and i was like i was riveted like trying to see how he was twisting and turning and not quite being human except it turned out he was just human but like it they, they made him move really strangely and it was feeling like the ring yeah i had the same thought the way he kind of like the arm came around uh-huh. like then yeah, he's like kind of peeking backwards. the way his head uh-huh. came out after that. It was weird. Uh-huh. Yeah. And of course, he was dressed exactly like the doll. <laughs> of course. So what was your favorite line? I did not 
note one. This movie, I, I really go for favorite lines in movies like Charlie Charlie. Yeah. You know, where it's something real fun. Because there were good lines. They were just, um, you know, they're not one-liners. No, no, they're no not. Funny they're jokes. not jokey. You know, another line that I liked was when the mom said something about "I don't dare take it away from him" when she was talking about the doll, because I liked how foreshadowy it was too. Because at that point, she was still kind of describing these rules, and and Greta yeah. and and the audience are still in this place of like, yeah, that's a doll. This is all weird. I don't know what's going on. And the mom, I think she was talking about the music and how loud it was and it was louder than yeah, she liked. she wouldn't take that away But from she him. said, I, I don't dare take it away from him. And she said it in such a way where I was like, oh, bad things happen when this, this doll gets mad. Yeah, and the whole movie up until the twist, I was completely on board with the magic doll that was mm-hmm. doing things. They made it totally convincing. Mm-hmm. Except then the twist happens and you realize everything that happens also makes perfect sense with which, the twist, which is great. Which is the best kind of twist. Yeah. For sure. It makes me almost want to see it again just to, you know, to watch it all with the proper lens. But yeah, yeah, that, that's a lot of work. So what was the scariest part of this movie to you? I feel like it was when he was, first of all, banging around the walls after the doll got smashed and Mm -hmm. the real boy was banging around the walls and we're like, it's coming. The thing is here. Like, it's been unleashed from the doll. What's happening? Because at that point, we don't have any idea that there's an actual human being responsible for any of this. And at least what I thought was this doll was smashed. The ashes flew all over. Obviously, the spirit that was being contained in that doll's body is released into the house. And now it's going to murder everyone. Yeah, it seemed like we were setting up for some real action. Yep. Which... That is what happened, except that the spirit was a person. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So that was that was the scariest part? Yeah, I kind of feel like that and, you know, then him coming out through the wall, which mm-hmm. was really well done. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I, I saw some jumping happening. <laughs> there were two jump scares that got me pretty, pretty solidly. One was her first night in the house. And she is walking through the dark house, all filled with candles, which made me irate because it's (laughs) like I was under the impression that she had just gone to bed in this house that doesn't belong to her with candles burning all over the house. All over. Like all over the house. I was so mad about that. Anyway, during that, you know, she's walking around and there's candles everywhere and it's dark and there's a storm and it's kind of spooky. And she's looking at that, like, family portrait that they had in the hallway and the arm jumps out and grabs her. (laughs) I was super not expecting that. Yes. Not at all. And mini twist, that was just a dream. There were no candles. There were no candles (laughs) and there was no arm, which was a cool way for them to be able to bring a little bit of like supernatural in without it actually interfering with the actual story, which is there is no supernatural (laughs) in this story. Yeah. She had another dream like that later, which was less dramatic. It was like, I think all that did was the doll turned and looked at her. Was that a dream too? It must've been a dream, right? Yes. So that was my other jump scare was when she was talking to the doll and suddenly it turned its head and looked at her and so, that made me jump. It's dreams that scare you. It's dolls that scare me. <laughs> One of them was just a painting, not of a doll. Okay, it's creepy little kids that scare me. <laughs> okay, yeah. That is something, you know, 
mega horror trope is the dream that looks like it's not a dream. Yeah. I'm real tired of that. <laughs> like, every movie is always pulling this, oh, we think she's up during the night, but no, it was just a dream and haha, a scary moment. It, it, it's been done once or twice. It has been done once or twice. I do think it was used to good effect it in was. this example. Mm-hmm. So she was up in the attic and she hit her head. Like she got startled. She yeah, fell she fell over she backwards did. and hit her head so hard that she was <laughs> unconscious for like ten hours. Yeah, she was because she was getting ready out. for the date when oh, before right. it happened. Yeah, it and it was bedtime. morning <laughs> when she woke up. Like she was out for like ten to twelve hours. I like to think that she was out for a couple hours and then she kinda of rolled over and went. <sighs> Because that would happen. Yeah. <laughs> but despite this massive head injury. Massive. No further symptoms, except that she was a little susceptible to believing that this doll contained the spirit of a boy. Yeah, she, that's one thing is she, you know, you were saying she was very uh, gullible about it, but she was also very obsessive about it. I'm like, oh, is the magic, you know, taking her over? When when the mm-hmm. parent said, the girl is yours now, did that magically make her his servant? Because she is obsessed with following these rules now, which I kind of get if she thinks it's a magic doll, but she went real hardcore. She did. And I think they were trying to make the parallel between his mom who was hardcore about this doll because she had lost her son. Mm -hmm. And then Greta had had a miscarriage because of the abuse of this, you know, this abusive relationship. And so she also had lost a child. And so I think there was that, like that trauma kind of triggered something when she decided that this was actually the spirit of a child that needed to be taken care of. Like, she, it really kicked in her maternal drive. Yeah. Well, I mean, she was all set to live there forever and just... Yeah. With no cell service, can you imagine? No. 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 Not for any child. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wouldn't have gone there in the first place. <laughs> Me neither. Yeah, so she definitely she definitely went head over heels for, for her Bromsey. <laughs> yes. But Malcolm seemed pretty, not head over heels, but he definitely seemed to believe that this was a child. Yeah, he was just right on board as soon as it moved. He didn't care so much, (laughs) or at all, but he definitely was on board. Yeah, and then a major element we've only lightly touched on is that there was a stalker. Well, not a stalker, her ex, Mm -hmm. who is now a stalker, Mm -hmm. that she had a restraining order against, and she's over there in England trying to escape this, and he's in America, he gets her address and shows up. That was like a whole side thing that really drove a lot of what happened. And also, she dated this guy. Didn't she see his beard? She should have known he was evil. Everything about him was evil. Like, one glance and you're like, oh yeah, that guy is not a good guy. Yeah, so so it definitely drove a lot of it. And what I thought was interesting is, so I still believed at this point that it was a, a possessed doll, yeah. right? And then Cole shows up, the abusive boyfriend, oh, yeah. shows up and immediately, like immediately, I am on the side of the possessed doll. I'm like, yeah. all right, go get him. Go get him, Brams. <laughs> yeah, you were seeing it. I and heard. like, seriously, I was like, I was rooting for this doll yeah, to too. hack up this terrible, terrible person. Yeah, it would have been fun. Greta was also rooting for it, and she set him up to be... She's all breaking the rules that are established in order to make the doll mad. 
one, she yeah. said, you know, I, I need you to help me or something like uh-huh. that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. She so, was going for it. So the question I wrote down at that point is, is it murder if you ask an evil spirit to do it and it happens? Well, I think there's there are laws in place for that. That's um, conspiracy to commit murder. I believe. Or, uh... Can you conspire with someone who's dead? If you can communicate with them and they can affect the physical world with magic. So, I feel like she'd run into the same flaw with the legal system as she ran into with Cole. She's setting him up to be tormented by this doll. And he is. Yeah. Like... Brahms brings dead rats and puts them in his luggage and drips blood on his face and writes go away on the wall and whatever. (laughs) Like Brahms does what he's asked to do, sort of. I think she meant kinda weak. Yeah, I think she meant more than just stick dead rats in his luggage, but and surprise, Cole doesn't think the doll is doing it. (laughs) And he just gets mad and abusive. She doesn't understand that. She's like, What? (laughs) Stuff happened. You don't think it's a magic doll? What's wrong with you? Um, so I, I I feel like had the doll actually followed through on what she was asking for, <laughs> she might have run into the same problem with the legal system. That is very It wasn't possible. a well-thought-out plan. Yeah. And then, you know what she'd have to do? Get the doll to go live in the walls. Oh, no. I guess she'd have to go, live in, have to go live in the walls and leave the doll in the house to take by care himself. Of her. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe a doll of herself for the doll to take care of. Yeah. So I have a one thing I'm not sure about. There have been other nannies there. It was, it was yeah, said, said that yeah. they had gone through a bunch of other nannies. Did those nannies leave? I think that's a question. I know at one point Brahm said, I'll kill him like the others. So that's more than Emily right there. He, he pluralized. Well, did he mean Cole? Because he had already killed Cole at that point. That's true. It seems, I don't know. That seems like a bit much. Yeah, I, I felt that was the point where I was like, mm, yeah, I don't think all those nannies made it out. The mom was saying how he didn't he didn't accept them or something. He, he what, They weren't good enough. And she is. Mm-hmm. She's just right. Well, she was young enough and pretty enough. Yeah. Because, you know, you can only be loved if you're young <laughs> and pretty. Is that the lesson of the movie? Well, you know, between... That's kind of sad for him because he's got his young and pretty self, but his real self is aging. Well, and, and his young and pretty, pretty self is no longer young and pretty. Well, I mean, it's well, young, but the head was smashed and is now... Well, yeah, at no, that point. ...put together, but broken and whatnot. So, I mean, the ending was the least exciting of all of it for me. Like, the actual end where they defeated the bad guy, or thought they defeated the bad guy and escaped. Like, mm-hmm. it it worked, but yeah. it happened very quickly. And I didn't put down a lot of notes about it because there wasn't much that was that stood out, I guess. Yeah, I think it was all right. It was, I mean, just fundamentally, he came out and he was a guy. So it was kind of like, at that point, it's sort of, I don't know, slasher movie stuff. It's just a big guy trying to smack you around. But it was interesting, her, you know, when she came back in and tried to control him by using the rules. That was kind of cool. That was going well. That was cool. Mm Mm-hmm. But then she she rushed it. You know, really, you can't put your lips on the porcelain mask. That's not that bad. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay. Okay. Uh Uh-oh. So, yeah. Except she did. Well, yeah. And then he, like, tried to tongue kiss her through the mask. Yeah, so I guess that's when the stabbing started. Yeah, I I mean, it didn't work out so well for her plan, 
but I feel like that was the appropriate time to stab him with the screwdriver. Yes, yeah, just stabbed a little more accurately, though. So, yeah, anytime a guy starts putting his tongue in your mouth when you don't want it, <laughs> screwdriver in the side. Yeah, that's reasonable. Now, I have a whole, I have a topic. Uh, horror movie topic? Sure, it's a horror movie topic. Phones as magic devices. And mm. the interesting thing is, in this movie, we have mysterious spirit communication through the phone, which turns out he hacks the phones in the wall. I don't know how he does that, but yeah. he knows stuff about phones. He probably took, like, a... <laughs> You know, one of those oh, correspondence, correspondence course. courses. Exactly. He went to DeVry or uh, University of Arizona online. Is Probably. Phoenix. I don't know. Whatever it's called. <laughs> anyway, the thing is, so this happens in a lot of movies. Ghosts will call you on the phone and they do that. And it's much more common than like computer ghosts, which is also a thing sometimes, you know, like mm-hmm. the ghost texts you or whatever. That happens. But the phone is the really common one. And I feel like it's that phone technology is old enough and analog enough that it feels magical. It feels sort of old and mysterious. Whereas a computer, it's, you know, it's a computer. It's very current. If you put a monster in it, it's just kind of weird. And I feel like that's a thing. And then I thought, imagine a possessed Apple II. And that works a lot better than a modern computer like if the green screen started going something or dot matrix printer started printing out something bad that'd be more convincing than a current computer i think i think you're right and i'm wondering if that's because just because of familiarity makes things less scary maybe because it it definitely helps for it to be a landline i mean there's been a lot of ghosts on cell phones too and that that is used a lot i have to admit but, you know, the whole but, landline thing is better with the scratchy sound and all. But there's kind of, isn't there kind of a difference? Like, the more high-tech the ghost, you know, the more high-tech the device the ghost is in, the more, like, modern the ghost is. I don't know. Maybe not. We'd have to do a study to find out we if that We should was definitely true. commission a study, get a government grant <laughs> to cover it. Uh, the sad thing is you could probably do that, and we can't get people to pay teachers to educate our children. Yeah. So, yeah, I totally think that that's true. And I, I, I think it goes in both directions. Like, like scary stuff, the further back in history you go and the further forward into the future you go, the scarier it gets. Because the more unknowns mm. there are, the less yeah. comfortable you are with the technology and the environment and the, and the yeah. customs. Yeah, that makes sense. I've never thought about that before. That was interesting. That is our horror movie topic for the day. <laughs> Um, so I have a question for you. Yes. If you were offered a ton of cash to babysit a doll, but you would have to treat it like it was real, would you do it? Is this for one night? Like a babysitting job? No, like a nanny job. Like like she had. Like, so, like you get oh. there and you're thinking that you're going to nanny for the... And they're like, we need a nanny for the next year. And yeah. this is when we While we go on vacation for Forever. untold number of weeks, where we like... We're going on vacation. Don't worry. This guy will come by once a week. Wait a minute. How long are you going to be gone? <laughs> and never call to check in? Something's up. Or leave up. a number or anything. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, you know what's up? Suicide. <laughs> yeah, putting rocks in their pockets and walking into the lake. Yeah, that's what's up. Yeah. Okay, so would so, you would you do this? Like, I would not. What if it was perfectly, like, it wasn't creepy couple... <laughs> 
I mean, I know. Imagine they weren't like the elderly, creepy couple that was in this movie. Like, they seem like a very nice, normal, everything else about them, like, just seems normal. But they're like, we would like you to babysit this doll. We're yeah. going to pay you a lot of money to do it. That's a no from me uh, because I do not like interacting with humans. It's a doll. The parents, oh, I'd have to talk to them and deal okay. with them okay, and live in their house. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> That's I, scarier to you than any haunted doll. I don't care about the doll. <laughs> and I don't need money that bad. So, would you like to babysit this doll? I would not. I think I would get bored is the thing. Like, like, like I, would I would start. <laughs> I, would, I would do it at the beginning. Uh-huh. I mean, they were giving off some serious creep vibes and that would have sent me running. But if yeah. they had acted normal and it was just like, all right, they got this weird fetish about this doll and I just <laughs> have to pretend it's real and like read a book to it and... pretend to feed it and they're gonna give me a ton of money like there was definitely a point in my life where i'd have been like all right let's do this yeah um it's a lot better than a real kid i am so (laughs) torn on how to answer that (laughs) respond to that but the thing is i think i would have gotten very bored like reading out loud to myself Uh, and like sitting at a table and eating lunch with a doll and yeah like i would have gotten very tired so even if it was a real house with technology and wi-fi and tv you'd still be bored because you have to do these taking care of the kid parts well that's the thing like even taking care of actual kids and if anybody whose actual (laughs) kids i have taken care of is listening to this please know that i love your children um (laughs) taking care of actual kids can get really really boring too get that kids play boring games and they read boring books and they watch boring tv shows Uh, over and and over right and and there's only so much of that that can be fun now interacting with the kids themselves it would be better than than a doll because i happen to like kids Uh but they're still boring (laughs) yeah they sure are i love them but they get boring so even if it had all of that technology if i was actually having to pretend like they were it was a real kid and pay attention to it like it was a real kid i know i would have gotten bored because i sometimes got bored paying attention to actual live real kids because there's only so many times you can watch the same ridiculous disney show yeah i sort of feel like that covers most of the important stuff in the movie wait super important thing we stopped the movie just randomly for like i needed (laughs) to go switch out laundry we stopped the movie at 1 hour, 7 minutes, and 31 seconds, and it purely by coincidence happened to be the exact same shot as the first shot. Yep. That's so, pretty amazing. when you watch this movie for the second time, so that you can see what we're talking about, watch out for that shot. Yep. 1 hour, 7 minutes, 31 seconds. Yep. Ratings! What's your rating on this movie? Who boy. I... Who the boy? I um, actually I want to give it four out of five half whaling harpoons. That is an excellent use of our patented scoring system. Yes, there was there was a whole whaling harpoon in this movie, but later there was only half a whaling harpoon. So for that reason, I'm rating in half whaling harpoons, which are not worth half as much. They're worth whole amounts. Sure. Sure. So it's for it a five. whole half of the whaling harpoon. Yeah, it was fun. I enjoyed it and I liked the twist. I liked that it really worked 
in a very solid way. I feel, I feel like the logistics of him living in the walls are not great, but story-wise, the way that it... I, like, I can't think of any way that it breaks because of the twist, which is good. And, and I liked it. I was actually completely caught by surprise by it. I was all on board with the magic doll. So very happy to be twisted. That's one of my favorite things for a movie to do. Four out of five. Nice. I, I agree with many of the uh, complimentary things that you said. I, too, was completely surprised by the twist and sort of charmed by it. Like, charmed. it was a good twist. I thought overall the story itself was, there was some solid writing behind it. Mm-hmm. The story unfolded at a good pace in an understandable way. I thought the production values of the movie were good. Like it, yeah. it was well made. It was a big Acting fancy was good. Hollywood movie. Ooh, the main actress Maggie mm-hmm. from The Walking Dead. Yeah, I'm sure has an actual name, but that's it's not ever my job to remember the actual names of actors and actresses. Yeah, there were a lot of things I liked about it. I am going to give it four and a half half whaling harpoons. Amazing. All right. I liked it. It was was enjoyable. It scared me. Aren't you glad we saw the movie about the haunted doll? I am. And sadly, I sort of think it would have been fun to watch it in the theaters. (laughs) Too bad. You blew it. (laughs) Next time I'll listen to you. Yeah, always a good lesson. Mm, That's what this movie was all about. You should always listen to men. I probably won't. I definitely won't now that you said that. (laughs) I figured that was going to fix that problem. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for making me watch The Boy. You're welcome, Soli. That's probably what she said, too, in the movie. Thanks for making me watch The Boy. She did grow to love The Boy for a little while. (laughs) Then he ruined it, like boys do. Yeah. All right. (laughs) We're going to watch another movie tomorrow and tell you all about it.